Welcome to the Speaking of Tangents podcast, a podcast for your ears. Season two, now for both of your ears. We hope you're having a good Thanksgiving. And if not, then we hope this short episode gives you a much needed escape. Speaking of Tangents is brought to you by The Diane Kruger Effect. The album E Pluribus Quattro releases soon. And there's a Kickstarter available for anyone who'd like to support or purchase any of the related merchandise. You can go to kickstarter.com and search for Diane Kruger Effect. That and all the relevant links will be included in the description of this podcast episode. And we're treating this Kickstarter more like a pre-order and that we want you to say what you're interested in so that we don't get into a situation where like, we don't make enough and we run out of certain things or we order way too many of certain things and we have to rent a storage unit to hold it all for the next two years. I mean, those 30 by 40 inch canvas portraits take up a lot of space. I mean, more than you would expect. Well, I mean, not actually more than you would expect if you know how much 30 inches by 40 inches is because that's actual measurements. But, you know, anyway. And shout out to everyone that's already backed and pre-ordered. The Kickstarter is over 75% funded at the time of this recording. And if we can get 100% by, say, like Cyber Monday, then we'll throw in a special surprise for all the backers. I'm saying it's a surprise because I'm honestly not sure right now what it will be. It'll be cool, though. Or nonsense. So, either way, it's a value. And if you enjoy nonsense and or music, then this album might be for you. I'm personally really excited about the t-shirts because we're going through Swagmaster Robert Colpine for the shirts and some of the other merchandise. So, you know it's going to be good stuff. You can follow all the nonsense that DK Effect does on Twitter at the real DK Effect, but only with one F for some reason. So I'm not actually sure how much we want anyone to follow us because we make it super difficult by spelling effect wrong. Um, maybe it's a reverse psychology thing. So I guess what I'm doing now is a reverse reverse psychology thing. So a regular psychology thing whatever that means anyway check it out there's plenty of previews and stuff and watch the video read the descriptions on the kickstarter you might like it and finally most of you probably know that today is kj's birthday so happy birthday to her and really this is a shout out to her mom who did all the work and now speaking of tangents presents a fireside chat with bradford weiss Enjoy. So I had lived in most parts of the country um, before I became fully employed. (laughs) Um, I was born in New York City. I lived in the Midwest when my dad was, um, uh, as it turns out, a resident uh, uh, in his uh, medical residency. Moved to Southern California, which is where I, I sort of kind of still consider home. My parents are still there. I moved there when I was uh, in um, the last years of elementary school and stayed through high school. And as I said, my parents are still there. I moved to New England to go to college and then moved back to the Midwest for what turned out to be a pretty long period of time <laughs> while I was in graduate school, um, two years of which was uh, spent in East Africa. So um, it was a really weird thing for me to have lived all over the country, what I thought was all over the country. Um, obviously, it wasn't. Um, and that became very clear to me when I moved 
to Virginia. So I moved to Williamsburg, Virginia, um, because I got a job at the College of William and Mary. And this was 1993. Um, it wasn't my favorite place. I live there now. It's still not my favorite place. But um, there are some advantages. There are some lovely things about Virginia. It's close. Uh, people who live um, in the vicinity of Williamsburg like to say it's kind of close to everything. It's close to the mountains. It's close to the beach. It's close to Washington, D.C. You can get, it's, uh, it's a, you know, it's less than a, a, a tank of gas away from wherever you would like to go. So the point of this is that the first year we were living in Virginia, uh, my wife, Julie, and I decided that we would have a Virginian Christmas, um, which simply meant we would stay in state and we would look for a Christmassy kind of place. Julie was at the time working at a bookstore in uh, Richmond, Virginia, and they suggested to her that she might go out to a little bed and breakfast, an inn called the Inn on the Grist Mill in Bath County. Uh, which is far western Virginia, not so much up uh, in the vicinity of West Virginia per se, but it's sort of uh, it's if you know anything about Virginia, it's it's pretty far west of Virginia, sort of central western Virginia, and it's a place um, kind of in the mountains in the in the Allegheny Mountains, which everybody thinks of of, of being in Pennsylvania, but they run all the way down into. Um, Virginia. Uh, Bath County also has a reputation for uh, being one of the poorest um, counties in uh, Virginia. I know that I knew that as a professor at William and Mary, and the, the the college was required to take students from every county uh, in the state, and it was always a struggle to find somebody who was qualified that you could take from Bath County. But in any case, um, we decided let's go to Bath County. Okay, we'll go to the Antiquist Mill. So, again, it's 1993, and um, for those of you who are of a, of a younger age than myself, you might not recall that this is a time when there wasn't such a thing as what today we call the Internet. Um, so how are we going to get out there? Well, you know, at the time we didn't think anything of it. We gave, called out the place, called the place, made a reservation, and they gave me directions. They gave me directions for how to get, you know, basically go down the interstate, and then you go, once you get to the county, uh, you take a series of smaller roads. They weren't necessarily back roads or anything like that. They were just roads that were off the interstate. And, uh, you know, a little, uh, a bunch of county numbers, one Route 106 and Route 142 and Route 230. I, I can't remember. I'm completely making that up. But anyway, we're on our way to the inn at Grist Mill. This is also a town um, which is known for the homestead. The homestead is a large resort, but full of families, the kind of place that sort of extended uh, Presbyterian families gather together at the holidays to put on hideous sweaters and wear boat shoes and gather around uh, a, a sort of... Uh, fake gas fireplace drinking highballs and eyeing one another's spouses and doing the sorts of things that were really just completely antithetical to the kind of life that I had ever wanted to live. But this is a very, very sort of properly waspy uh, resort. Anyway, we weren't staying there, but we were in the same town. 
And in order to get there, as I said, had to go through a series of little out of the way uh, roads. Or roads that I, they weren't out of the way. I just was completely unfamiliar with this place and was relying on the instructions that I had been given by the owners of the inn on the Grist Mill. So as we turn off I-64, we find that it started to snow and it snowed quite considerably. There was a good, a good deal of snow. There were, um, uh, by the time we got well into Bath County, we got five or six inches of snow on the ground. It wasn't snowing any longer, so the driving wasn't terrible. It was, it was easy enough. But as we got closer and closer to where we thought we were supposed to be going, um, I was looking out for the turn off to the road that would take us to the inn and found that uh, it was kind of a little more complicated than I realized to figure out like what was a, a road and what was not necessarily a road, but there were numbers, you know, numbered signs. And so I saw the road that was listed on my, the directions that I had carefully written down and it, and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, I have to turn right here. So I, I made a right turn at the next possible turnoff following this numbered sign now it was relatively it was wide enough for a car to drive down but it was really pretty covered with snow and it almost immediately dropped off into a pretty steep hill that went into the woods and when i got to the bottom of the hill and it was about to go into the woods i realized that i just couldn't take the road any further at all. There was no road. There was just woods. So, turn the car around, tr start driving back to the top of that same hill, and about three quarters of the way up the hill got completely stuck in a good seven, eight inches of snow. I was driving a Nissan Stanza. It didn't have four-wheel drive. It wasn't going to get any further than it did on that day, uh, Christmas Eve, I think it was. Um, and I was just stuck on that hill in a bit of snow. So, well, what was I going to do other than, you know, curse and rant and rave, which I did momentarily, but realized that that wasn't going to get me anywhere. So went to the top of the hill, went to the first house that I could find, which is pretty close as it turned out to the hill and, and, uh, and just knocked on the front door and said, Hey, somebody came to the door. Uh, elderly man. I mean, he's older than I was. I was a kid at the time, and he was, I don't know, maybe he's he probably 50. I don't I'm ancient at the time, but he was probably no longer not that old, really. Um, and he, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in this road. Is there some way I can get out? And he said, road. And he turned and he looked down at my car and he said, that's not a road. That's my driveway. Nobody's been down there since October. And I just apologized. I told him I had no idea where I was going. I was just following the directions I had been given. But literally within 30 seconds of my telling him that I was stuck on his, in his driveway, he literally just turned back out to the main road, lifted his finger, and waved down a pickup truck. And the pickup truck stopped right in front of his house. And he said, hey, Charlie, this dude got himself stuck in my driveway. Let's drag him out. And sure enough, Charlie had a pickup truck, but not only that, he had a hank of rope in the back of his pickup truck, and they grabbed the rope and he tied it off to 
the hitch on the back of his truck and then he tied it to my the fender of my car put it in uh gear and i you know got the car started and it took i did seem like it took like 45 seconds for him to just drag me right to the top of that hill got out with no trouble undid the rope put it back in the back of his pickup truck and charlie just drove off and i said to the guy that was that was so great and he said yep thanks and went back in his house and i looked at julie and i was like that was unbelievable and i thought you know if i had had to call AAA. Who knows how long it would have taken them to find me, and maybe they would have had to tow me out. And they would have even, you know, AAA would have charged me for the tow to wherever they thought they were going to have to tow me. And I just thought that was, you know, really like quite a special sort of Christmas present. And so we we went into the little town of Hot Springs, Virginia, and it was Christmas Eve, and there's just not very much open. But the ABC store was open, and I thought, maybe we can get Charlie and the other guy, whose name I didn't catch, maybe we can just get them some kind of Christmas present, thank them for really kind of saving our ass on Christmas. So I went, and I just looked, and I thought, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about alcohol. I don't even know anything about what these guys want to drink, but I'll get I just got two bottles of wild turkey. And at the time, I thought, I don't, maybe they're not drinkers. I mean, this is kind of the Baptist belt of Western Virginia. It's kind of, maybe they're evangelical Christians, or maybe it'll be, I mean, if they are, they probably won't be insulted. They just won't drink it, and they'll just be considerate and, and, and appreciative. And I thought, you know, if they don't want to have a bottle of wild turkey for a present. They're not going to make a fuss about it or get upset about it, but man, if they do want to have a bottle of wild turkey, they'll appreciate just the gesture of the thought that, that you know, I appreciated them. Um, really, as I said, literally dragging us out of their driveway on Christmas Eve. So we bought two bottles of wild turkey and then we made our way back to the guy's house and had my wild turkey under my arm and I thought here goes maybe they'll maybe they'll appreciate this and maybe I'm getting myself into more trouble than I realized and I went up to the door and I knocked on the door and the gentleman whose name to this day I don't know his name but he opened the door and when he opened the door I looked inside and I saw that in their living room was an illuminated pool table and a wet bar and I thought this is a very good gift so I said, I just want to thank you for helping me out, and I've got something for you, and I've got something for Charlie. And he and his family were grateful for the gift and thought it was really unnecessary, but they were very thankful and, and wished me a Merry Christmas and sent me on my way. So in a funny kind of way, I mean, it's nothing like Williamsburg, Virginia, but that was my little introduction to what? Christmas in Virginia could be like. Happy holidays. This has been Speaking of Tangents presents a fireside chat with Brad. You can follow Brad on Twitter at one Brad Weiss. That's the number one 
Brad, W-E-I-S-S. But if you're listening to this, you probably already follow him anyway. If you'd like to contact us or send us feedback, you can reach us on Twitter at SpeakTangents, via email at speakingoftangentspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow KJ at Buffalo underscore Alice, or me, Jason, at JudoFuse. And I haven't cleared this with Brad yet, but I'm sure he'd be fine with you sending him any feedback directly. I mean, this was his episode. In all seriousness, though, thanks, Brad, for taking the time to do this, and we hope you guys enjoyed it. Happy Thanksgiving from all of us here at Speak Tangents to all of you, but just you, because those that aren't listening, why would we wish them a happy Thanksgiving? They're not listening. They'll never know. I love snow peas, and I love you. Bye-bye.